Driven Society podcast. This is Franz Bond. This is Trav Weeks. We have another ill guest in the building tonight. Absolutely. Jayshel Walker, the special assistant to the senator and press assistant at the New York Senate. Also the founder of Life in Politics. There you go. Snaps and claps. This one's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for coming. Thanks Absolutely. for having me. Cool. <clears throat> um, first, I think your story is really interesting. First of all, even where the work you're doing um, in politics and the community has always been a really interesting space. And I feel like it's not integrated into the culture enough. Right. Um, so to meet individuals who have taken this on or who work in this space and do it so passionately and effectively as you do, it's, um, it's amazing. So it's an honor to have you on this platform. Um, I think we don't really go into how really um, important politics are and just the way we, you know, we, uh, we, 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 uh, we work and we, um, you know, we cultivate in our community. We don't really, I feel like this space doesn't really go in as much as we should. So I would just like to start with like, you know, the beginning um, where you're from. Um, and the exact moment you got into politics cool. or, or politics interest you. Cool, cool. So um, I don't know why where I'm from is like such a complicated question for me. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, my parents were split growing up. And so I went to, to school in Westchester. I'm from Peekskill, New York. But also I, I, I do claim Harlem. Um, I've, I've been between the two like my entire life. Um, and that really has nothing to do with how I ended up getting involved in politics. Um, I went to school. I went to Hampton University. Hampton, okay. Yeah, shout out I think, to Hampton. I think they call that the uh, the H-U. real HU. It's the real HU. <laughs> they right? take that serious. And if it, and if it's an issue, we're the better HU. Uh-hoo. Yeah. No smoke here. <laughs> I went to York College. <laughs> I dropped out of Bronx Community College. <laughs> I don't got no no, no smoke. Bite, no bite. No bark in this fight. Yeah, I have a lot of a lot of pride for going to HBCU. It was very important to me. Respect. Um, Respect. But yeah, so I went to Hampton. I went to Hampton. And didn't really understand the responsibility of college, you know, like eight hours away from home. Uh, long story short, I left. I left mm. and I came back to go to WCC. I took like one course um, my sophomore year. And um, I was in the library and I saw this sign that was hiring $15 an hour to be a canvasser for a can. I didn't know what it was. Uh, and so I went and interviewed. They were like, it's okay. You don't know anything about politics. Like, you just need to, like, knock on doors. You just need to tell people to come out and vote for this state Senate campaign. George right. Latimer, who's now the county executive in Westchester. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 19. Wow. And once I got involved, I was ashamed. I was like, I don't know anything, you know? Like, I was like, I don't have any idea about how I'm governed. I don't even know what is going on, mm-hmm. you That's know? interesting. And um, I went back to Hampton, you know, I went back to Hampton and I was like a biology major at first. I kind of like switched my gears towards political science. And um, I don't know, like once I graduated, I just had a, a different, different drive for encouraging, you know, our people to get involved, not because I believe in politicians, but there's something about having a say that um, empowers people, you know? Mm. You know, um, when you realize that your voice truly makes a difference, uh, it, just changes your, it just changes your view on your self-worth. 
And I went through that, you know, like having I went from canvasser to field manager within that one campaign. And just like the feeling, you know, knowing that um, I have my hands on, you know, what's happening in local politics. Um, That's what encouraged me to start life in politics. Right. So I want people to know the interconnection between your everyday life, what you do and how that affects government and, and know that these elected officials are not necessarily always leaders because they work for you, you know? Mm. Anyway, so I graduated and then I became a, a field director for a, a county legislator campaign in Yonkers. Like I just got a call from the previous campaign I had did like four or five years ago. Mm. And they were like, um, yeah, just come, you know, mm. have any experience, but come. The, the guy won by like 29 votes and um, it was like a quick turnaround. That was like two wow. years ago. Mm. So two years ago. Okay, as a field director, just to educate me and the audience, um, you're, this is, you're knocking on doors, getting people to, to vote pretty much? So, yeah, let me let me lay it all out for you. So a canvasser is the person who, like, you know, they get they get the, the skit on what to say. They get told the basic information. They knock on doors. The field manager makes sure that, like, a group of people go and do it. The field director oversees the entire uh. area of the district, mm. right? So whether that's city council, um, anything, anything, you're, you're looking at the entire map. You're, you're looking at what's the most important, where are the most voters, where's the most relevant, how many voters do you need, how do I get these people out, where are they engaged, what do they care about? Mm. Um, and so you're planning the entire, the entire plan for how to get the, the amount of votes to win. Mm, for sure. And yeah, that's what a field director does. That's interesting because um, it's, it's interesting that you, the level of, of uh, you know, politics that you're on and, and voting, it's a, a very local level which yeah. is usually the part that goes the most ignored right yes. yeah but it's the it's the part that impacts people the most yes. so what what mm. were some of the what were some of like those early challenges like communicating with people or on on how to get involved in a process of that they are not necessarily um cognizant or really care about right oh my i would say you know i would say that a campaign uh wouldn't even be the best example of that when I was in, still in school, I was working for a nonpartisan organization called New Virginia Majority, uh, which is amazing. If I could just break down the name really quick. Sure. Um, Virginia was a Republican state, then it, it's now kind of purple. But, um, you know, the people who were ruling the, the legislature and, and the people who were making the say-so uh, were Republicans who didn't live anywhere near the skirts of Virginia, which is like where the most underserved, impoverished, the most mm. the most people live. It was more rural, you know, uh, well-off people kind of running. They weren't in touch. Right, right. And so this organization said, all right, let's pull everybody together and make it a new majority. Mm. Nice. I thought that was dope. <laughs> I thought that was dope. But anyways, to, to answer the question, um, you know, that that was my best example of of um people having a conflict with getting on board because we just wanted them to register to vote. Right. You know, I didn't I wasn't even asking you to vote for anybody. I was like, "Can you register to vote? Can you can you um you don't even have to vote. I just want you to have the ability in case like one day, 
you know, you have the urge to go to go do something and get involved. Mm -hmm. Right now, you can't do anything. You have no voice. Right. Mm -hmm. What does it hurt? And um, it was so heart wrenching to see people just be like, I don't matter. Like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. I won't even I won't even try. I won't even sign this paper. You know, like it doesn't matter. No one cares. Wow. And um, that was intense. We, We restored the rights of like. Uh, the numbers, I don't want to say the numbers wrong, but we restored like thousands and thousands of felons to vote. Um, they had just, you know, um, restored the rights of felons and some people, I I got reactions from people who were crying, but the people who didn't get it, they were just like, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not fighting for what, like, this is not real. Mm. Why, Why do you think that is? Why do you think, um, especially on a local level where there's this energy or feeling that we don't matter like is that a deeper messaging that's been coming through media because like Rafan said like we we don't really get too involved as a community on a local level but when it comes to like the bigger politics or whatnot let's say the yeah. presidents or whatnot we all have a say we all some most of us i feel like try to come out and try to hear the issues and vote on that aspect but why do you feel like the messaging hits the community like it doesn't matter with my vote when really we have all the power yeah, I would say the media is actually actually affects it on the opposite end. I think it encourages people this day and age, you know, it really encourages people, even if it's a false sense of of encouragement or mm-hmm. a, a false a false feeling of being empowered, I think that does more. You know, you see celebrities and you see people gathering up and they're like your vote matters. I think that that does, you know, wonders. But um I really think, yeah, that's gener- that's generational. Sure. That comes from from being three fifths of a person. Yep. <laughs> you know, like you that comes. Take it back there for yeah, sure. you're gonna Juneteenth just passed, right? So that <laughs> comes yeah. from like not even being a human, being told you were nothing. Yep. Um. You know, uh, being kicked down. You know, I had a conversation with my friend this past week about Black Wall Street. Um, even when we were like on the up and up, there was nothing to protect us from being pushed down. Like I tell, I tell mm-hmm. my friends all the time. Like, you know, America was never for us. Mm. And um, if you want to, I don't, under, I don't understand how people are like, I don't want to get tangential, but like people are like, you know, like we got to fight back. And I'm like, no, the best way to, to, to fight back is to get immersed in like the government. Mm. This is not our land. Right. And there's nothing we can really do about it in mm. that sense, except to show more representation and to know what you want to change and to know what needs to be changed and like immerse yourself. Mm. And um and be a part of that conversation and and and, and lead in in that sense. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something that is generational. How do mm. how do people activate their power in between voting seasons? Right, like we always hear, you know, you should vote and you know be heard and pick this person, pick that person. But in between, you know, the four two years, six years, or whatever the the cycles are. <laughs> How does a, a citizen enact their their power, mm, mm. or or impress their power upon upon the the government that's supposed to be working? Yeah, for them? look, let me tell you something. I think New York is a great example of the average citizen, you know, constantly being involved in the political sphere. For sure, because if you go to Union Square on a random day, <laughs> you might catch a a protest it's or crazy. something. It's crazy. And I know it firsthand because they call our office. Mm. I don't deal with constituents directly, but um, I see it all the time. You know, and it, it, you know um, 
I'll, I'll skip. I want to. I want to say something, but I'm. Don't, I'm don't hold back. Let it. Let it go. Well, no, or tweak I'm it a, if you a, have I'm to. A be, I'm gonna be political about it. Okay. I'm gonna be political about it and say that there are groups of people, led by certain people, you know that could be anybody, but um they come to the electors and they're like, if you don't do this, I'm gonna make sure that you're not in office come next term. Mm. And this is what I want. Don't come back until it happens. Mm. You know, they will yell to the top of their lungs. They will instill other people who care about these things with fear that mm. if they don't get up on board, if they don't show up, that this is going to be very detrimental to their li- their livelihood. And they show up and they, they yell and they do not play. They mm. do not play. And so I'm not saying to go that route. But um, which could be effective though, especially for the right reason. It is effective. So it just sounds like a strategy of harassment. It is. It's harass. It is harassment, in my opinion. Um, effective. Look, I have a lot of views on it. I really do. <laughs> but um, look, you know, a lot of these people, for a lack of better words, are like terrorizing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> terrorizing electives, and that's why I think that you know, like. We just need more representation. There's there's things mm. there's things that's happening that we could we could gather in a different coalition or gather in a different different type of group and do the same thing or do have the same type of nature of the same thing but like do it differently. But sure. people are doing it, right? They're they're attending rallies, they're throwing rallies. Um they're they're building relationships with electeds, you know. Like all you have to do is make a call and say, "This is what I'm doing. This is my organization. Mm. I got twelve thousand people behind me." That doesn't even have to be necessarily true. I'm sorry to to tell you that you should lie, but you know, I have five hundred people. I have fifty people from the up the block. Like these people really care about this. Start mm. calling. Start making letters. I want to meet with uh, the council person. I want to meet with the senator, and. Um, I'll show up to their events, show up to their events. Like there's a lot of ways to keep your hands on things. Um, you could get involved in a democratic club. Uh, you could get involved in um, advocacy groups. There's a lot of different ways to stay involved year round, you know, and, and there are two year terms. That's not a very long time. Mm. You know, I would say, just find out what your issue is. What do you care about most? I think that's the first step. And once you find that, I think the research will lead you to exactly where you need to be. Yeah. We, we talk a lot um, on this podcast about, uh, about purpose as well, too. Um, mm. Was there a moment when you really started, you know, getting your feet well in the political space where you realize, okay, um, this can contribute to your purpose where you're living out something that's even bigger than you. Do you feel that way or have you felt that way? I feel like uh, my purpose was always to to encourage people and make people happy. Like, mm. you know, for as, for as long as I can remember, I didn't really understand how to do that. And so, yes, uh, the more I got involved in politics, the more I realized, like, there are people who need to be reminded, kind of like a faith. Right. Like the the black church doesn't really have as much power as it used to. Uh, That kind of hurts my feelings to say that. But um, people need a faith. They need something to 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 live by. And I feel like that I don't think I should be like a preacher, (laughs) (laughs) but I really think that I should constantly encourage people to to be the best version of them 
And something about this silo of politics really, really has something something to do with that. Um, I don't have any any specific point in my life where I was like, oh, like this is how I do it. I'm still figuring that out, you know. For sure. So tell us about your organization, Life and Politics. So Life and Politics is, you know, a way for me to use, you know, visual arts and, you know, be creative about getting people involved, um, you know, in politics. And that's, you know, I just want people, I want to increase advocacy. And we just talked about that and raise political awareness. And um, right now, well, actually, I, I, this is like the most time I've ever spent on it. It's sad to say, because I do a lot of other things before this. But um, last year, I did a, a short film documentary on homelessness. Mm. There was a social enterprise, um, you know, that, that sponsored it. And I went around, I went around to a couple of states and shed light on it. Um, oh, wow. And that was like my first project. And then I said, you know, like the election is coming. How do I get people to go to the polls? Or how do I get people to realize that someone wants them to go to the polls, whether they go or not, right? Mm. And I started doing a $5 bar call called High Five. Mm. And so last November, I had like about eight restaurants, mostly in Harlem, off Linux, that gave me a specific menu that they would do you know, just about all day that if you came in with your I voted sticker that you would get a $5 drink. Oh, dope. Yeah. And so there's actually an election next Tuesday um, that I'll be doing the same thing. Uh, it's more so like Washington Heights, actually like 135th and Broadway to 155th. Um, it's district leaders, county committee, uh, and like judicial delegates that are that are up for election. And so... Next Tuesday, it'll be the same thing. And so that's what I kind of do with life and politics right now. I'm still trying to figure out what's what's the best creative way to get people involved. Because I've noticed that people who are like my friends that don't really give a crap about politics, mm. they see me doing these things and they're like, okay, well, what is it? Like, right, right, right. how do I get involved, you know? For sure. I actually, um, just, we were talking about a little bit beforehand, I'll be gotten a little inspired to do it just watching the black godfather and watching how mm. Clarence Avon, how he used his influence to um help certain political people that he really yeah. deemed as like, you know, beneficial to the community. And I'm like, damn, it was a time period where um the arts were really able to influence the political spectrum. And I feel like we've been separated from that for a little while now. You know what I mean? So when Absolutely. I look at your platform, I think it's so dope because I'm like, yo, that's exactly what we need right now. Um, what are some ways you feel like, you know, people who run platforms, community platforms, collectives, um, artists, um, visual artists, creatives of ways they can, you know, um, create that actually pushes, you know, um, effective and, 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 and beneficial um, um, policy? Mm. My first thought uh, goes to that video where it was Cardi B and Diddy, and they were like, yo, where do my taxes go? Mm, mm. Like, I need to I know that. right yeah, now. Sure. And it was crazy because I really wish, I really wish that, like, this was my sole focus and I could, you know, get to the governor's office and be like, let's just do, like, a small video of, like, an answer. 
whether it's if it's not the governor or a staffer, right? Like, let's put this out. Like, let's respond, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so I bring that up to say, like, you know, the best way is for them to voice what they really care about, right? Um, mm. I would love... I would love to kind of figure out, I've been like kind of listening to Karen's several interviews, trying to figure out how she, you know, like she was really, she was really, uh, she was really intelligent about how she started connecting her platform with artists, yep. you know, um, I think it's going to, it's going to take, sadly, it's, it's going to take money, you know, it's a money thing. Mm. You got to figure out how to incentivize people to speak on this mm. or even think on it, like, Unfortunately, because it's it's so like separated from every other industry, you know, you, it, it's all it's all about money for sure. Yeah, because I think is I think overall, like I think it's just been a, a level of distrust. You know, we um, the community, mm. the the artistic community has had with with like um, political figures. Because we think about back then. I think it was to the point artists would, would go and, you know, perform and do perform at rallies mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. you know, cultivate people to vote for somebody. I don't think we, we, we have those, or mm. even we have those figures, or we don't even know of those figures, you know what I mean, that come to mind as somebody I could trust besides, you know, um, your Cory Bookers or your, um, you know, the OG Barack Obama. Yeah, that's a good point. I kind of want to know, like, what does trust have to do with it, though? Like, in my opinion, I don't really think mm. that matters anymore, you know, especially because my view is is more about, like, you telling electeds what you want done. Mm. So what do I need to trust you for? You, you know, I need to hold you accountable to mm. do what I ask you to do. And then if not, then you just will not be in office. It's a good point. We don't think about it like that. Like, yeah. they work for us. We don't really think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. People... You know, I'll have a, a random conversation. People be like, oh, like, that's what you do. Like, you must get paid. No, I get paid off your taxes, okay? <laughs> get paid off your taxes. Y'all need to start paying y'all taxes. <laughs> Look, I mean, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. That's funny. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, public service. We are public servants. Mm. We're here to help you. And, um, you know, it's crazy because... It might be a certain community type of thing. Like, um, unfortunately, I really believe, like, in the black community, we look to people with power or people with platforms and people with money, and we, we kind of, like, idolize yep, them. Yep, yep, Especially in the black community. Right? And yep. so you look to an elected, like, oh, what do you think is right to do? Right. They're going to tell you if it's not the right person, because luckily I've worked for great people, but if it's not the right person, they're going to tell you what's in their best interest to keep them elected, you know? For sure. Like, we have to start taking the reins on that. And so if there are leaders that are not elected that really care about the community, I would say that's the best route to go, you know? But we all have to start thinking for ourselves and do our own part. We have to come together collectively to kind of I mean, we just got to figure out what we what we want. I think that's the first step. We don't really think about that. Mm. That's right. that's where the distrust is, right? So there's so much distrust that you're just like, right. I'm completely, you know, divested from this. First, how are bills passed, and what are some bills that the New York legislature has worked on that um you you're proud of or you feel good that you know they were in the right direction? Okay, okay, cool. I mean, it's 
it's a beautiful it's a beautiful story right um uh so the democrats rule the legislature in new york now and it, it's been over a decade since that's happened and the last uh democratic majority uh, that's that's a it's funny because if you don't if you don't i know people want to make so much change right so let's just can i lay this out like um republicans had the senate and um trump came in and kind of like encouraged people to start voting a different way and mm-hmm. now we have a democratic majority but these 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 legislators had to be very mindful that if they did too much progressive things or if they didn't do it strategically mm-hmm. They could easily lose the majority, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I kind of want to just put that out there. Yeah. But um, the way a bill is 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 passed, right? It's a proposed piece of legislation. Um, there are bill drafters, and that can come from, you know, the senator or assembly person or council person themselves. You know, they they can have a drafted or an advocate can come to their office and say. You know, this happened in my life. I think this is very important. Um, I want to draft some legislation. We're working on drafting some legislation, right? Boom, that's a bill. Um, then the bill goes through council. Certain A certain group of lawyers kind of look at it and see, like, would this work? They know the laws. You know, uh, is this controversial? Mm. Would this cost money? And they decide which committee it goes to, right? That's codes, health, budget and revenue, um, I'm I'm missing a couple, but like you know, environment, uh, and so it goes into the proper, you know, channels channel of where it needs to be looked at further. Mm-hmm. Then amendments are made. There's like compromise, you know, whatever. The bill gets on the calendar. The bill goes on the floor and it gets voted upon, right? Mm-hmm. And um, let's start with the Senate. So let's say it passes in the Senate. It has to also pass in the lower house, which is the assembly in New York, in the same session, right? So that's from like January and, and it just ended this past Wednesday. So uh, for about six months, they're proposing bills mm. and it gets passed and it has to pass both houses. And once it passes the house, once it passes, excuse me, once it passes the Senate and the assembly, then it gets go, then it goes to the governor to get signed. Mm. And then once it gets signed, it gets it becomes a law. Yeah. So that's how that works. But yes. um, the Democrats have had a crazy session. They've had a, wow. like, this is a new blue. They call it the true blue or they call it a blue wave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they have had a crazy session. And we getting some wins? Oh, so many. Nice. I don't even, I guess I could start with, like, voting reform. So um, I don't know if you guys uh, follow Stacey Abrams. But she registered like hundreds of thousands of voters before she ran for office. Oh, wow. But then she ended up running against the person who oversees the elections. Yeah, he should have right. recused himself. He's like the state. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. So um uh voting voting, you know, voting rights is very important all over the, the US. Um and so in New York we passed same day voter registration. You can nice. go to the polls the same day. You register. Nice. Yeah. I, it's like a big deal. Like some people, I had a conversation with somebody and they were, I'm always having conversations, but somebody was <laughs> like, oh, I guess I have to wait till next election. No, you can literally show up wow. with the right documentation, register to vote and vote the same day. Oh. Um, early voting. You know, there are a lot of people who are single, 
single family homes or um, they don't get the day off to to go to vote. And Absolutely. That, that stops them. So they have a certain period of time to vote before election day to go vote. No absent, no excuse absentee voting is, is a big deal to me because if I'm out of the country, if I'm unavailable to show up to the polls, I don't understand why I have to, you know, explain to the board of elections why I'm not there. Right. That's right, none right. of, that's none of your business. Right? Yeah. But I want to vote. Right. So now you don't have to have an excuse to have an absentee ballot. You can just vote. So that's great. Um, voter pre-registration. Um, I know that. So I used to work for a different senator in Westchester and she wanted to kind of make it easier for younger folks to be able to register to vote mandating mandating that there's a voter registration day in high schools and kind of I think at the DMV automatically um, it's kind of losing me but automatically register to vote once you sign up for your permit or something Mm. like that and so voter pre-registration allows 16 and 17 year olds to pre-register which is great because usually you know it's 18 oh yeah Um, closing the LLC loopholes I don't I don't know if that's like a main issue for most people but um, the way that a lot of donors kind of get away uh, with giving more than the cap is that they have LLCs. And so there's like a loophole to make sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, the cap is at $5,000 a calendar year or so. That Red Bull. <laughs> that Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> um, voter registration transfers. So in the state of New York, if you move your registration automatically follows you, right? Mm. So if you move to a different district, um, it's supposed to be able to follow you wherever you move in the state of New York. So I think that's that's a great one. And then lastly, the consolidation of federal and state primaries, which I think is great because most people, you know, when they think about voting, they're like, oh, I'm not voting for president. And it's like, bro, there's so many different, you know, offices exactly. to fill. Yeah. And so it puts state and federal elections on the same day nice. which um helps with voter turnout for local elections yep so those all all that happened this year all that happened this year for voting reform yeah wow that's super dope yeah that was great um my 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 boss actually uh sponsored a bill for special elections and so um he he first got into office from a special election mm-hmm. and that actually kind of has to do with um uh, county committee seats. The you know I mentioned that you know that's coming up for an election t- next next Tuesday. Okay. And um, when it comes for when it comes to special elections, those people choose the person for their party to mm. run, mm. Um, which is like very important. But anyway, anyway, he he first won off of a special election, and so um, the board of elections was not mandated to tell people that there was a special election coming up. Yeah. You just had to know. You just had to, like, kind of know about it. Somebody had to tell you. And so now um, he had a bill passed in the Senate that mandates the Board of Elections to notify people of special elections coming up. So that was cool. Nice. Yeah, that's so crazy. And I imagine, like, it, it sounds interesting and, like, wild to me that that wasn't, you know, um, mandatory at first in this digital age. But I'm thinking about all the years before mm-hmm. digital was really popping like that. Like, there's so many... Uh, missed opportunities to affect change. Right. Yep. Right. Absolutely. I mean, what you just said kind of like sparked um, sparked in my head that you just have great ideas, right? 
So if you think that um, there needs to be some sort of electronic notification for, sure. for elections, that would be something be that app. you would present. Yo, wasn't that like <laughs> one of the things this season on Billions they were talking about? Like the 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 vote, like a voting app or something like that. Oh, I didn't catch that. Mm. I love billions. Oh, Christ, you can that... vote via phone. I, yeah, I think mm, it was that's like, a little too yeah. far for me. That not, be, not progressive. I, I think we that might, would be amazing. We gotta get well. There. Yeah, that's the thing. I think we uh-huh. might get there because one one thing about this whole like presidential snafu and the whole Russia thing, I think that it showed like a real fundamental flaw in our in our voting system. Like there mm. were always cracks and you know um, things that like the electoral college and stuff, but. Yeah. Just the manipulation of numbers, like there's gonna have to be a, yeah. a more secure way to, you know, um, yeah. count every voice. Absolutely. Well, like I, you know, I, I it wasn't made for us to mm-hmm. vote, right? I, I would say at first it was meant for rich white men to be able to vote. Mm. Then it became poor white men as well, right? Then it became all men, and then it became women, and then you know, so it, it's. I think we're pushing to finally have a say, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the reason why, the reason why the voting reform is like, you know, so important, and you know, you can be surprised by how much uh, voter suppression there is, is because it really wasn't, you know, meant for us in the first place. Um, but yeah, yeah. I want to ask some um, last couple questions. Is where do you see your platform? What's the ultimate vision? of your platform and how you, you know, your mission to merge these worlds. I would love to Mm -hmm. hear. So, you know, now that I'm, um, you know, now that I work in the Senate as a special assistant to a senator and a press assistant, I've realized how much communications, you know, is vital to getting out the message because people can do great things in, it w- it would go completely unseen without social media. It would go completely unseen yep. without reaching out to press. And so, mm-hmm. um, I- I've just like literally just like last week started, you know, focusing on the communications part of life and politics. Mm. Um, but I would love for it to grow into like an organization where people become members, and um, you know, it, be- it it branches out to people. People are. Uh, starting their own bar calls in their own areas, their own communities. Um, and so just igniting people to become a part of the political sphere. Like that's, that's all I really want to take it. That's all I really want to take it to. Um, yeah. Don't, yeah. don't miss you. True. You're on uh driven society podcast. We asked all our guests this, what drives you? What gives you your uh, mojo? I feel like I've answered this question already. Just the, I mean, what drives me is is seeing so many people uh, not having motivation or feeling like they don't have purpose. You know, um, I want to say like a couple years back uh, in college, I just started kind of studying meditation mm. and understanding what virtue means and, you know, realizing how much... Like that, that is your whole purpose of being on this earth, in my opinion. You have to have virtue. And so when I see people who are down and out um, or, you know, just don't have any belief to to help the world or help the community, that's what drives me. And those people are always going to be there. So as, as many people as I can touch to to get involved and to, to touch other people, I feel, I feel like it's infectious. 
Amazing. You still meditate? I do. Like wow. in the morning, nice 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah, I'm not like a I'm not like a sakyang or anything, like a Buddhist or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, shit, since you came in here, we were talking about Sade. If you were a uh, <laughs> question we asked, I feel like we asked selective right. guess this. We'll see our last question. But um Top stuck... five presidents. You stuck on an island. Um what are three albums you have to have? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm so conflicted with like old school. Versus like, oh my God, I don't even know. I thought she was going to say, I'm so conflicted with like old school Cam versus. <laughs> that's <old>. hilarious. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yo, that's crazy. Um, All right, let me start with like the newest. I feel like I would have to have Damn from Kendrick Lamar, right? Okay. okay. Um, I don't think we got Kendrick yet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so tough. It's so tough. Do I want to say, I feel like, oh my God, I'm so bad with this. Like, I'm not a favorites person. It's not even about favorites. It's more about like three albums that you know can just take you through it. You know what I mean? Three albums that you, uh, that's, that you can dwell with, sit with. Forever? <laughs> or if it's an R&B album, what's your go-to? I was listening to D'Angelo the other day. I forgot. That boy, nice. D'Angelo is lit. Oh, my God. I can't make a decision right now. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm not one of those people that can answer questions like that. That's so good. Yeah, that's crazy. That was the one that stumped you. Actually, <laughs> 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 about political climate. <laughs> so I was like, like, well, actually, like did it well. well. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, uh, tell us, when is your next event and where can people find you on the interwebs? So the next event is Tuesday, the 25th of June. Oh, whoa. It's not for everyone. It's for people who live, you know, in the Washington Heights kind of um, off-Broadway area uptown. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a bar crawl. There's a lot of restaurants. You'll see all the signage. There's a lot of restaurants that will be doing the $5 bar crawl. And you can always go to lifeinpolitics.org to, um, you know— Find out the next event, but I would say for now it's safe to follow me on, on Instagram, uh, J Shell Walker, and uh, I spell it out. It's J A C H E L E Walker. Um, that's my Instagram. There you have it, right. one and only J Shell Walker. We appreciate your time. Thanks for Thank coming you. on the Gym Society podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, for sure. Like we always say this time, stay driven. Stay driven. Though.